0: Welcome to the Promo Cares Radio podcast, where we share the stories about the good being done in the promotional products industry. From philanthropic efforts to cause marketing to giving programs, these are the people who are inspiring others to improve the world through promo. To learn more about Promo Cares, visit PromoCares.org. Now, on with today's show.
1: Hello, PromoCares
0: Radio. This is Carrie Cowden, your hostess for the day, and I have the pleasure of welcoming a distributor from our industry, Melinda. Bowden, which is with a B instead of a C, which I thought was very funny, and I thought I was losing my mind. Welcome, Melinda. Hello, thank you for having me. So happy you are here. So tell us a little bit about your company first, um, the distributorship that you own, where you're located, and all that good stuff.
1: Sure. I am located in a very small town called Bluffton, Ohio, also with a B. (laughs) And There's about 4,000 people in our town. So most of our clients are anywhere from a half hour to an hour away from us. And I've been in business for almost 20 years. We'll start our 20th year this year. So
0: Congratulations.
1: that's... Thank you. I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome.
0: All right. Wow. Before we get too far in, I have to ask my favorite question. You've checked into your flight. You're ready to take off, but you've gone through security. The plane isn't ready yet. What do you do in between those moments? What's your habits there?
1: Well, first, a big sigh that I'm through security. security. Um, I always find my gate first. And then from there, I go looking for food or whatever I think I might need on the plane, um, something to drink, that type of thing, or an entire meal if I need to. Mm -hmm. And then I like to go back to the gate and just sit there and watch people. Because it's so interesting, all the different things that you see people do or... Um, how they dress and everything, you know, I'm sure someone's looking at me doing the same thing though. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's probably me. I'm usually the one like making up stories about people walking by or where they're going or where they came from.
1: <laughs> yes. And I'm with you. I also read the chiclet. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Isn't it? I, yeah. And you can just put it down whenever and pick it right back up whenever
0: and you're good. Yep. Brainless. I love it. And then um, my, my daughter who's 14 just started reading, a lot more. And so I'm, I'm reading some of her teenage books where I'm like, wow, they're a little ahead of the time that I would have liked right. for a 14 year old. But I'm like, this is what she's reading. So I want to know. I was just reading one the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, she, she knows a lot more than I thought she <laughs> That's, you know, part of life, I guess.
1: Life <laughs> changes from when we were 14. <laughs> yes,
0: there are a lot, a lot more is acceptable than I think than it was back when I was 14 for sure.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: That's so how did you start in the industry back in the day, 20 years ago?
1: Well, um, I was working for a small printer in my town of Bluffton, and um, he wanted to, he was looking for something else that we could add to sell to our clients. And I was pregnant at the time with my son and had been reading Parents Magazine and saw an article in there about a lady who sold promotional products from her home. Um, and at the time, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what a promotional product was. Didn't know that term. hmm so I read the article, took it into him, and suggested that we try adding that. So um, he agreed and we started out with the same company she had been using. And um about six months in, well, uh, I should say that was back like the really if there was anything on the internet that's not how we were getting our information, we were getting like a floppy disk. Oh yeah. Um, um with the updates like, I don't know, once a quarter or something like that. And we um, we were with a large distributor, so we had their catalog, but nothing else. So we weren't able to talk directly with suppliers. And um, I have a lot of questions, yeah. <laughs> always. And so every time you know you would call into the distributor, they would call the supplier, the supplier would call them back. they call me back two days later. By the time they got back, I had more questions. Oh my so- goodness. It was really a very uphill battle to learn the industry, figure out um, products to find if they weren't in the catalog. And about six months in, the um, guy that owned the, the printing company came to us and said, okay, this is just too much of a learning curve. It's taking us too long to figure it out. We're gonna, we're gonna stop selling them. And I had been looking for something to have a business on my own for a while. I was probably driving my friends crazy with, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Anything else I could do? (laughs) Um, And so I came home that night and I talked to my husband about going out on my own and starting this as a company. And he said, well, okay, but it was the end of June. And he said, you have to get the guy that owns the company to agree that if by the end of summer, so he was giving me two months. Oh, wow. That's a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, if by the end of summer, it's not working out, he'll hire you back, which was a good deal for him because we were not busy during the summer, but in the fall, he was busy. So um, so I went and asked him, he said, yeah, that'll work. And I started um, renting just a little bit of space from him and I just never went back. I just kept doing promotional products and sold a few things for him on the side for a while, but, um, but eventually needed to move out of that space. And then I moved out of that space as well. And my husband said, you need to find some place we can buy because I don't want to move you again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is no joke with this industry and all the stuff.
1: <laughs> I know. So now we own a building and we've been in there for a while and, uh, and there we are that is
0: awesome that's a great story it's funny how necessity is what you know boosts us to start these companies it's like something has to happen for us to finally in the face like I think I need to do my own thing and then you do it and I never look back either it's, it's the best thing ever I mean, yeah I can't being on my own
1: <laughs> I am too I am too I'm not saying I'll never not be on my own but gosh I'll probably fight it for a while right exactly
0: it's very nice to have the flexibility Um, so I thought it was interesting because, uh, promo cares podcast goes out and talks to suppliers and distributors alike, and there's all different sizes. And and we've always said that it doesn't have to be this huge, robust program. It doesn't matter. It's just taking a step towards sustainability or, you know, a give back of some sort. And, uh, we went back and forth a few times on email and, and you came back and said, you know, I'm not that big. I don't have values. I don't have all these things in place, but here's what we did and you are like this is exactly what Chromo cares should light as a fire for so many people um so i want you to tell us a little bit about the program that you have um what kind of spurred you to do this and kind of the 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 rewards of all that's been going on
1: okay well i had been wanting to do something like this for several years and just couldn't work it out in my head about how to go about doing it um my original thought was that I wanted to be able to do something that would support um, veterans and firemen, because my fire my husband has been um, a fire chief in our town. He's he's no longer a fire chief; it's a volunteer position here. But I think he was chief for twenty years, and um, especially as a volunteer department, um, they need extra support. So you know, continually trying to raise money for some of the things that they needed. And veterans have just always been um, an area for me of wanting to help out because they do so, so much for us. And I, I mean, I have a couple of veterans in my family, but, but just the thought of someone willingly putting themselves in harm's way to protect the country and me, and they don't even know me. They don't even right. know all of us and they're out there doing that every day for us. Um, I wanted to do something for them too. So I was trying to figure that out. How do I do that? Um, I thought I could you know, start off funneling some money some way or another to the local fire department. And then on the veterans end, I started looking at national organizations for veterans. And you know, there's a lot of information out there anymore that tells you how the money is being used and so on. And I just really couldn't find a national organization that I felt really fit what i was wanting to do so i kind of just dropped it i was i was trying to come up with do i do you know one product and if you buy this and the money goes someplace and i kept thinking well that's not going to work because we have such a wide variety of things that we sell we may never sell that one product or not sell very many very much and i didn't want that either so so i dropped it for a while and then um about a year and a half ago or so um roger um uh, Roger Burnett. Thank you. Roger Burnett <laughs> um, came and spoke to um, the Ohio Promotional Products Association about give back programs. And he was so inspiring. I, I left that that event and drove the two hours back to my house um, and, and came up with, this is what I'm going to do. I changed it a lot <laughs> before I actually implemented it. Um, because again, I was trying to come up with can I have a different product, maybe a different product each month? If you buy that, then I can donate money. But what if I don't get any orders or what if I'm donating a hundred dollars? Oh, I don't know that, you know, I wanted to do that. So I finally decided to um, just give a flat percentage for every order. So when someone orders from our company, we give 5% of the product total only back to charity. So no setup no shipping um and no extra charges you know if they get a second imprint or something like that just that main price of the product we give five percent back on and then we chose i chose four charities that i was comfortable with that i knew um, many of them i have given to personally and said these are the charities we're going to support if you order from us you can choose which charity the um, donation that's generated from your order is given to, or if you don't want to choose, we'll choose for you. And, um, and just started just, I'm doing this one way or another. I'll figure it out as I go. And I feel like it was well received by my clients. Um, I know that we don't always have maybe a charity. That they're going, Oh, I, that's where I want my money to go towards, or the money generated from my order to go to, but they like the fact that we are giving back.
0: Mm-hmm. They see it. That's so cool. So how do you keep track of the 5% and then how does the client choose their charity?
1: Sure. So when a client orders from us, we email them back and ask them if they want to choose a charity. If we don't hear from them, you know, then we go ahead and choose one. Um, but if they have it one of the char- charities they want to donate to, they just say, you know, have mine go to this one. So mm-hmm. for the first six months of last year, we had four charities, one from each of the main towns that we sell in. So a lot of them, that was easy for, they could say, oh, well, this is at least in my town. And so that's, how I think, how most of them chose that, the charities. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep track of it in our QuickBooks system. Okay. Um, By going in and putting in, if they choose the charity, we tag that to that charity. And then at the end of the month, I can just go in and run a report and say, here are the ones that went to each charity. And then we have another category that says, we choose. So if they don't choose, then at the end of the month, I can go in, pull up that and say, okay, I'm going to divide that out maybe equally. Or if I know there's something special going on at one of the charities that month, I might put more towards that one. Okay. And then you have four
0: and then I believe you're to three now, right? Um, Can you tell us about each one and then um, how you went about choosing
1: them? (laughs) Sure. Well, that, the, the choosing thing has changed (laughs) um, since I began. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, So the first four I chose personally, the second four for the second half of 2019 we allowed, um, customers and general public to suggest a charity.
0: Oh, and good.
1: We took that list and divided it up and said, okay, here's, we, my, my family and I narrowed them down to four in each of those four towns again. Mm-hmm. And then we put it back out and people could vote on them. And whoever got the most votes was the one that would then be the charity for the last six months of the year.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So, did you do that through social media? And what kind of tools did you use to do the the survey?
1: Yes, we we did that through social media. I used um, Typeform for um, putting together the survey, and it was not as easy as I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. It, that's good to was, know. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. The Typeform that was easy to set up, um, but I really wanted it to be where people could only vote one time a day for a oh, Okay instead of someone sitting there all day and, yeah. you know, and, and at the time I thought, okay, maybe somebody would try and vote 10 times a day or something. And I didn't want that. Well, um, unfortunately I had set the entire thing up in type form and then realized there was no way to say one time uh, a day through the system. Mm-hmm. So I told people they could only vote one time a day, hoping yeah. <laughs> that that's how it would go. Well. It became very obvious the first day that that's not how it was going. Um, People are
0: cheaters; they want to win. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know. So, like, I could pull up a report from Typeform that would say, "Here is the IP address that voted and what they voted for." So I could see, you know, that someone seriously had to have been sitting there all day and just like they they would fifty of them at a time, you know, or a hundred, all from the same IP address. Jeez. So I had to go through every day and knock out everything after the <laughs> first to vote for that IP address. That's a lot of work. Oh, it really was. Yeah. Um, it really was. And then you know, I got some feedback from some of the charities that um, you know, like I had one charity contact me and say, you know, you're running a popularity contest, really. And that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. And unfortunately, you know, in my area, one of these four charities is wildly popular. Mm-hmm. And she was right. That that was definitely the case. And you know, she she talked to me about how you know she's smaller, she's new, and um, could really use the help of something like this. And she was really doing her best. I mean, she they were up there. It wasn't like they were way far behind. Right. But um, but you know that made me stop and think. And so then I was like, okay, I need to find a way to redo this in a different way. And at, by the end of last year, I hadn't come up with how that was. So this year, again, we said you could nominate charities and then my family chose the charity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and
0: we, had, sometimes like, I mean, the popularity is great. Um, and, yeah. and you definitely can tell which charities and it, to, except for the one obviously that was new, but the ones that have their tribe around them and there's people that are very loyal to those charities that'll do whatever they can and sit there all day and, you know, punch the computer. Exactly, um, But it, I also think it's cool when you can go through and look and review and see the impact that that amount of money would make. So on a larger charity, you know, whatever amount you raise, if it, if it's not going to make that big of an impact and it's kind of like, eh, that's all right. But you know, Jeff Bezos has given us 5 million (laughs) different, but when it's coming down to a new one, then I like the idea of, you know, maybe even doing a hybrid where you could do the popularity contest and wait it maybe, and then say, we have the final say, but you know, that way it gets out that you're doing it. And then awareness for this program comes out to your clients, which is cool.
1: Yeah. And the thing that I found out though, I was trying to get information from the people who nominated more information about the charity, Like why do you want this charity? You know, and some of them, there was a lot of people that just didn't even answer that question. Mm, yeah. um, you know, some would say oh I've you know received a benefit from this charity in the past or something but um, but in general, a lot of the questions I asked weren't answered and so mm-hmm. I think kind of what I need to do is to start with the charities right and have them provide um, information but but in the end, um, you know we chose from from the ones that were nominated this year and really that allowed us as a family to be able to say um, these are the ones that really, Um, touch our hearts. These are the ones that we really are excited about making sure the money gets going, you know, back to these three charities. So Mm -hmm.
0: that's amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So can you tell us a little bit about what ended up happening at the end of 2019 as far as what was donated and uh, kind of what your promo cares program within your distributorship has helped with? Sure.
1: So um, at the end of last year, uh, which was our first full year of giving back, we had donated $30,103.19. Woo! That's awesome. It is. Um, I, you know, I will be honest and say that before I implemented the program, I sat down and kind of ran the numbers a little bit to see what does that mean? What, if I get 5% back, how, how exactly how much might that be? Right. <laughs> and um, that's about where I, where I thought it would be it, a little bit over um, what I thought it would be. But, um, but it, you know, when you see $30,000 in one spot and realize that at least in our area, that could almost be an entire paycheck for another right. employee. Exactly. It's a little like, oh, but I really wanted to do this. I'm glad we've done it, and I feel good that we are continuing to do it. So
0: yeah. Amazing. So do you think that the whole thing incents your clients a little bit to um, buy from you? Like, is it a differentiator for you out there in the market?
1: I'm not sure that I can say that yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we are trying to get the word out further than just our clients so that other, other people know. Um, we've gotten some new clients this year, a number of new clients this year, but most of them could be tagged towards referrals from current clients. So at this point, you know, again, when I'm telling new clients about that, they are excited about that and like it. Um, but I don't know that it's swinging anyone to work with us and not, you know, that'd be a great side benefit. Wasn't the main reason to do it. Um, I have some background in, um, that has really driven me to to give back i am as a teenager i went on uh, two summer mission trips with a group called teen missions international Mm -hmm. and um the second trip i took the first trip i took was to uh, venezuela and we helped build a four-room schoolhouse there for a local school the second trip was an evangel an evangelistic trip and so we um we did singing and some preaching and i was on a mime group for a while Mm -hmm. for that it's kind of interesting because i'm a very talkative person so to be a mime is kind of hard for a talkative person yeah
0: (laughs) and that's an interesting approach when you go on a mission trip to be a mime
1: (laughs) it is yes it is um and we that trip we we actually circled the globe we went to uh, we started in the united states and then went to england scotland England, Scotland, India, Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, and Japan, and then back to the States. So we really literally circled the globe, which was totally cool, just something different to do. But yeah. um, the, the country and the experience that affected me the most, and I'm going to try really hard to get to this without bawling. That's okay. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> so I was 16 years old, and I'm almost 50 now. So how many years is that that this has affected me?
0: That, you know what that is that's a big impact. That's all you gotta say. <laughs> I yeah. mean it's a life changing experience for sure
1: it it really was um both summers were, but um the India experience was the one that really had a long term effect on me mm-hmm. and frankly um i it took me a long time to even talk about it to be able to talk about it and think about it and um try to deal with it, <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: Um, you go to to something like that and you experience it and there's no way for you to translate that back home. So it's like they call that the mountain experience. You come off the mountain and how how do you even, you know, so it kind of like ruminates in yourself and in your mind and and look at what you've done, Melinda. Like, and hopefully that was what spurred you. I mean, that's a, that is a beautiful thing. That's exactly what you want in all of it.
1: It was exactly what spurred me. um, Because when we took trains in India, they told us before we got on the train that, there would be kids coming onto the train that um, would want to clean under your feet or um, to try and get some money or some food from you for their family. Mm-hmm. And they can tell you that, but when you see them come in, then we, we, they also told us that in India, at least at the time and, and from, from all accounts still today, um, parents break their kids' arms and legs at birth so that they will be disfigured so when they yeah. board the trains and ask for money you your heart will go out and you will want to give them money or food and we were instructed not to do that because it continued to um let the parents People, know that it was okay
0: yeah, right
1: yeah so you know there was never anything i could do for those kids um but i can do this yeah exactly
0: and the ripple effect of what you've done is incredible and by coming on here today and being able to share this story with distributors that are, you know, one person solopreneurs all the way up to the big ones. I mean, there is no reason why every one of us should not have some type of give back in our program. It just it makes the world a better place. And that's we are here. We have one planet. Like, what are we going to do to make it better? And I'm just so glad I finally got you on the podcast. <laughs> I know. Me too. So um I I do have one more question. Um, as far as your company makeup, you kept saying your family reviews it. Do you have employees or do you have salespeople or?
1: Sure. So I have, um, there's four of us total at the office. My husband and I own the company together. Um, and then he, he actually doesn't work in in the business unless I need something and then he'll come up and help out, but, um, he has a job separate, but I have um, one lady, Teresa, who has been with me for, um, I think she just started her 18th year with us this year. So she has been very integral in what we do and all my reps know her, she's been with us for so long um, and, and very wonderful. And then I have um, Cindy who has been with us since May of this year. And she is kind of an all around gal. She's doing some quoting, she's doing um, you know, things for me as a business owner, for sales, a little bit of everything and learning the industry. And then, um, I have Denise who comes in two days a week and does um, bookkeeping for us. And she used okay. to be for a while and then, uh, came back. So, so it's just, it's just me and, and and Teresa who are full-time and then, uh, Cindy and Denise are part-time. So you we're, know, okay. we're, we're giving back and you know, you don't have to give back at the level I'm giving back or you can give back more, but just to be able to create something that, um, that does get back is wonderful. Right. right. It, can, it can be scary. It can be, but um, but take the step of faith and and do it. It's really, it's really worthwhile. And I'd be happy to help anybody that you know wanted some direction or to talk anything through. I'd be happy to do that.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we will share her information when we send this out to everybody. And I just want to thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. It was a very great conversation, and you are awesome. And you have a great last name with a B. Cowden <laughs> <like>, and Cowden.
1: <laughs> you have a good last name too.
0: <laughs> All right. Take care.
1: Thanks, Gary.